Welcome to The Corner of the Room, the podcast where we talk about all of the funny ways that humans create art and interact with the world around them. I am your host, Ellie, and for this episode, I had the honor of talking to Anne of Arcasian Inc., a dear friend and incredible illustrator. We talked about the ways that our stories build up over time to create the spaces we live in, both metaphorically and literally, and about how we use art to create the spaces we need to process things like grief, insecurity, and uncertainty. We also talk a lot about beauty and how art gave us the tools we needed to see the world in a more positive and beautiful light and to create the world that we wanted to see and live in. I am going to include a content warning for this episode. We talk about grief, death, and the loss of a parent. So if those are sensitive topics for you, please listen with care or join us for the next one. That's also totally okay. Thank you so much for listening. Here's my conversation with Anne. So, hello. Hello. Tell me tell me who you are. Who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. My name is Anne. I'm the artist behind Arcasian Inc. And I'm here to talk about art. Yay! <laughs> imagine that. Imagine. Imagine a podcast where we talk about art. I can't fathom. I sort of no, couldn't, me neither. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. <laughs> Not us. No. Um, I'm I'm still staring at this whale. Anne sent me sent me some um, some pieces of art to to use um, when I share this episode, and one of them is just it's a whale, and I love this whale with my whole heart. <laughs> oh. Oh, and she's honestly, y'all. Ellie's just been saying nice things and <laughs> making me blush, and I'm just sitting here going, "When does it end?" Worst day ever. Yeah, worst day ever. Oh gosh, so. Um, I, I wanted to have you here because I mean, obviously I love your art. We've established that, um, we established that like years ago at this point, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but. No mutual by the way. Oh, uh. oh no, 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 no. This is about you. Don't you dare. Don't you dare turn this on me. No, oh, no. That's fight. my natural instinct, <laughs> so I can't fight that. I understand. I understand. So there's, there's so much to talk about. Um. <sighs> Partially, like, yeah, let's start, let's start with where, this was like one of the very few specific questions that I, that I came prepared with. Where did your love of art and drawing come from? Let's go all the way to the beginning. All the way to the beginning. All the way to little baby Anne. Okay. So truthfully, little baby Anne has been drawing since she was little baby Anne. (laughs) Um, I can't remember that far back into like my early childhood, but I do remember at like a really young age, my dad had these like art books around, like these really realism, like art tutorial books that he used to just leave around on tables. I would see him practicing drawing hands of all things. And I would like sit there and try to mimic them. I just really enjoyed it. Um, I just really liked drawing. I think just from a young age, I saw my parents doing it and I wanted to do it too. Uh, My mom used to all the time, whenever we were like at like a restaurant somewhere, she'd pull out a napkin and she'd pull out a pen and she'd start doodling. And one of the doodles or a few of the doodles I remember is she would doodle animals out of their Chinese characters. Ah. Um, Yeah, it was like really, really cool. I mean, I can't replicate it, but (laughs) I just have the strongest memories of them. And I feel like for the longest time, like, you know, they just love to draw and to doodle on the side and I just kind of picked it up 
Um, my brother and I like to joke that I got all the creative juices in the family because he won't do art. He hates trying to draw. And so oh, I feel no. like it all just absorbed into me when I was born. You stole all of it. I did. I took it all for myself. But yeah, it kind of just started all the way back from the beginning. As far as I can remember, I can't remember a moment when I wasn't interested or in love with art. Did you truthfully. go to school for it? I didn't. I love that. Love that for I you. I didn't. Um, I like, gosh, going through school, I loved art up until like grade seven. I was doing so much with like the most in art class that mm -hmm. I was voted most likely to become an artist oh. in the seventh grade, which is like the cutest and sweetest thing ever. Only for me to get to high school and be like, you can't be an artist as a career. Mm -hmm. Haven't you heard the term starving artist? Oh, so no. I still took art classes, but I stopped pursuing art as a career. So I didn't pursue it in like school form. I just thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll be a teacher. I had like a big love for English class as well, for mm -hmm. telling stories. I mean, wow, surprise. But yeah. <laughs> um, hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh, I really loved English and I really thought, you know, being a teacher and teaching young minds would be really fun and to like talk about stories and to tell stories. I kind of always loved that. So I actually pursued English for a little bit thinking I would go into teaching. And then last minute, during like my, I don't know, 11th, 12th, I took a leap year, one of those last couple years of high school, I pivoted and realized graphic design is, is an industry that's creative and you make money in this yes. field. So then I was like, whoa, art can make money? So then I <laughs> pivoted one more time, also because I was scared of uh, teachers college. Yes, um, I pivoted again and went into graphic design, which is what I still do. Well, a different form of it now. I do UX design, um, but I've been designing as a full-time nine-to-five job on the side of an art business. To reel it back to the whole art question as well, I technically, during college in graphic design, I gave up on art and I gave up mm. on being an artist. I put my art pencils down and thought, whoa, I'm not going to be an artist. That's not for me. I'm going to be a designer because it's different. Um, because in my brain, I really compartmentalize designing as designing for somebody else. Mm. And art is a very personal thing that you Oof. create for yourself. Oof. And in school, um, we had an illustrations class. But I, A, I didn't really do too hot in it. Um, I was really struggling with finding what my style was. Mm. And I compared myself to my peers all the time. <sighs> my classmates, relatable. oh, my classmates were amazing, still amazing. Okay. They, I, like, I remember just seeing their portfolios and being like, how did y'all come up with this? This is incredible. This is amazing. Oh my God. And I literally just thought I'm never going to be as good as them. I should just give up on art. I'm just going to be go like full on in design and design for someone else. And so I like didn't even think I was going to be an artist. I went from being voted most likely to be an artist oh, no. to giving up on it entirely and going cold turkey and not picking up a pencil. Except when I started working in the industry, I couldn't help myself. I kept doodling. I kept going back to my roots and doodling. I did Illustration Fridays, which was something we did in class back in college, but I brought it into the workplace and got my coworkers to doodle with me on Fridays. I love and it was that so, so much. <laughs> it was so fun. And That's so, so cute. Oh my God. You know, as much as I thought I gave up on art, I don't think I ever really did. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, 
I don't want this to be like a big downer or anything, but a big part of why I created Arcasian, the account on Instagram and the art journey that it was, was because my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. um, she died of cancer back in 2016, mm -hmm. and I needed a way to grieve and a way to process all of those emotions. And honestly, I don't know why I denied myself it for so long, but it was obviously through art that I could find a place for my emotions to turn into colors, to turn into characters, for my stories that I was just distracting myself with to kind of live and become. And in a way to like find a way to translate the joy that my mom gave to me growing up to translate it into artwork that I could share with other people. It was almost like I needed a way to preserve her memory through something else. Yeah. Um, so it's a wild ride to talk about and say it all out loud sometimes to be like, wow, I started doodling and I actually never got away from it. Yeah, but I think like my like because I I did something very similar where like you could not keep me away from drawing and art when I was mm. growing up. And then once I hit like the high school college realm, it was this kind of reality check of I don't know that this is going to be sustainable. Right. I was going to say, no wonder. I mean, I can understand when you're over-processing how, how much that could... I mean, some people could love it. Like, I'm not here to yuck on anyone's yum. Yeah. But I think that that's really hard. Like, I find that for a while with my own art journey, I was producing so much all the time and really mm. leaning into an algorithm for a minute. Yeah. Um, Ooh, really and that's... Awful. I just thought that was so unhealthy. I burnt out so bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I was about to ask was, do you think the process would have been as healing for you if you had gone to school for it? I wonder. That's such a great question. Like, if I went to school for it, I wonder if it would have meant the same thing yeah. if I was doing it all the time in school. And maybe not. Who's to say? Yeah, right? I mean, like, who Maybe knows? I would have. Yeah. Who knows? Because part of it, too, though, was, like, the discovery of my style in quotations. I say that in quotations because I have such a funny vibe about what an art style is. Oh, yeah. But, um... <laughs> But like back in college, why I had quote unquote given up on becoming an artist was because I didn't know what I was enjoying in art. I kept trying to mimic realism or mm -hmm. art styles that I didn't fit into or that I didn't have the patience for. And I was really trying to force my art to look a certain way. I think back then, looking back now, I'm like, I really think that little Anne back then, she was really trying to make her art be a specific way yep. and but then she kept changing her mind on what that specific way was yep. and so she never truly allowed herself to enjoy just drawing whatever her feelings were and like don't get me wrong I take inspirations from all over the place from like pop culture and cartoons and video games and whatnot but to actually take all the things that I love and then process it in a way that I enjoy through the tools I use that's an entirely different feeling I think that I have now versus what I had back then where mm. when I started to process my grief I wasn't worried about what it looked like I yeah. wasn't worried about you know what it was going to turn out to be I just needed to draw something yeah. um so it was a very different approach and I wonder you know had graphic design school been art full-time and I was like really trying to create all the time I wonder if I still would have struggled regardless because I was still in that mindset of forcing myself to make it look like something it's so Whereas, much pressure yeah yeah and I feel like that pressure still could have existed back then but what really allowed me to make 
Arcasian art now is because I don't put myself in that box anymore. I was going to say, I feel like the difference is that, I mean, if you had done it in school, there's almost, I think, even more pressure because you're kind of automatically attaching sort of like a monetary Mm -hmm. value to it Um, Mm -hmm. because you're going to school for something that presumably, jokes, I didn't do this, but presumably that will be your like moneymaker for the rest of your life right it's hard to assign that to art it's really really hard it really is it really is and you got to discover it through a completely different lens which was just like the love for your mom and the fact that art was a connection that the two of you had you can't Mm -hmm. you can't put a monetary value on that you really can't. I like, I think there's like a weird undercurrent too of, you know, a lot of the sacrifices that my parents mm. made when they were young to even come to Canada and to start a new life and to start over. Um, and like, I recall like my mom, a lot of the time she had creative like energy. Like she used to sew all of my Halloween costumes for me hmm. when I was a kid. And she was super into fashion. Like she had these big fashion books that I wish I kept, you know, I wish I hung on to those because it would have been a great thing to explore now um, in her memory. But like she loved creative pursuits, but she herself didn't have the opportunities and there was a huge language barrier. She couldn't pursue them. She didn't have the same opportunities that I get to have now um, being first generation here um, as her kid. And so I feel like too, starting, you know, art as a side career and like actually being able to make money off of something that is deemed unprofitable. Otherwise, I feel a sense of, I don't want to call it like a duty to her because that sounds a little too uh, intense but it's more so like I get to to I in a way of making her proud which I'm yeah. sure she is you know it's like mom I get to do the things you sacrificed so many things to give me like I'm yeah. doing the things that you enabled for me and that feels really damn good and I hope I don't start crying on this I podcast. bet well I mean that's like it's it's wild to do something that you know for a fact she would be so excited to be a part right. of and do yeah. alongside with you um, I think that's incredibly special. What What's your favorite Halloween costume that she made you? Oh my god! Ooh, okay, can I? There's two. Okay, I mean there's so many, but the two my two favorites were the Snow White dress she made me because oh. I just love the colors, oh. and she gave me this cute little red ribbon. Oh but also the Swan Princess dress <gasps> she made me. Oh my god! Swan Princess is lesser known, so I'm no. like extra excited about S tier movie though. To be yes. honest, oh my god, yes, incredible. So good. Oh my gosh, that's that was a deep cut that I was not expecting. Oh, sorry, I didn't hit oh, you that way. But such she even had the sleeves <gasps> were perfect. They matched so well. Oh, I could only tell you. That is wow. I've, I, I'm she fine. was amazing. What I want to go watch that movie. <laughs> Me too. I feel like I need to watch it now. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in so long. That's so good. Same. Oh, wow. Um, part of what I wanted to this ties into that but I wanted to talk about sort of uh I I did want to talk about your style and kind of where the bits and pieces of kind of where you pulled everything from and where you think like your colors come from and sort of these beautiful scenes that you create oh man that's such a hard question to answer I know I I realized how broad it was as it was like (laughs) leaving my mouth and I was like desperately trying to hone it in towards the end there and I was like oh my god (laughs) 
No, but it's a great question because I always want to know too from other artists, like yeah. where did they come from? And I, I wonder if the answer is like the same. It's probably different for everyone, but yeah. it's always like it comes from a bit of everything. I think there's like I have such a dreamscape. Like I always describe my art or some of it as like a dreamscape yeah. or like a fairy tale or storytelling I kind think of that's perspective. Very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> good. Oh, good. I'm glad that I'm on the right track. Yeah. But it's very much like I pull the color palettes from like what I think are like dreamy pastels, but then I also sometimes explore brighter colors with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I really just want to tap into what I think is just my inner child. I think yeah. I denied her a lot uh, growing up. I think she got to do so much. Like, don't get me wrong. I think that as a kid, I got to explore so much. But I think that, too, when you're a kid and you're growing up and you're trying to fit in, you mm -hmm. also make a lot of compromises for yourself as a kid. Oh, so true. And I think every kid does that, right? Yeah, for, So I for think sure. that... Yeah, I think that for me, I like tried to be adult too fast sometimes. And I was like, I hated the color pink because I didn't want to be a girly girl. And I thought that was dumb because, well, I think that's dumb now because I love the color pink and that doesn't mean I'm a girly girl, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it's funny because there are so many like hard associations that you take with color specifically. And I think breaking out of that is really difficult and just like allowing my adult self to also still nurture my inner child that still exists to this day like I really do like to embody the you know never grow up but still be a grown-up kind of aspect it's like yep. I'm older I'm wiser I definitely can hold my own and be professional when I need to be but at the same time I never want to stop squealing in a store when I see something cute mm -hmm. I never want to stop like freaking out when like you know something adorable goes on the street like when I see birds come to my bird feeder and they're colorful as heck like I, I freak out and I squealed in an Instagram story and I was so embarrassed but I was also like oh no that's that real though that's real <laughs> and it's just kind of I just love to enjoy things like I think yeah. that for some reason when we become adults we like really have this weird shift in our brain where it's like oh those are for children only oh this is for you know this you're 30 now you can't enjoy super colorful pastels or really adorable bears and it's like well why why not like mm -hmm. it's 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 for me to choose to enjoy not for someone else to dictate what I enjoy and so I think I pull a lot of my my like shapes my colors my characters and a lot of it is really just from things that as a kid I really loved or like candy stores like I think the candy stores are very saturated and I do go a little bit more muted but mm. I love the idea of just like delicious looking art yeah make sense. I could yeah. eat these flowers absolutely yeah. yeah I'm definitely also just like very inspired by pop culture I mean and when I say pop culture, I even mean, like, if you were to play, for example, a Nintendo game like Breath oh. of the Wild oh and you God. run around and just just the nature of oh Breath of the Wild. God. You know what I mean? Just the nature alone. That inspires me yeah. a lot. Oh, my you gosh. Know? Yeah. That's, so it's uh... like I love I just love like even stylistic cartoons or animations that just have really unique ways of just displaying a rock even at its mm -hmm. base level I just get really inspired by that because I'm just like oh man a new way to look at a rock why didn't I think of that but yeah. then I'll start exploring my own ways to look at a rock uh, so I think that 
I just really love to intake a lot of like nature as it is, but also how do you take nature but then dip it in cotton candy or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said all of that. I, like our our art styles are very, very different, but I mm -hmm. think I think a very similar thing is at the core of both of them, which is kind of this idea of building your own world yes and kind of like I, it's like this idea of sort of building a home in art and sort of shaping the world around you in a way that you know kind of reflects how you wish it was sometimes sometimes it's definitely mm. escapism a little bit but I think other For times sure. I th but I think other times it's also like training yourself to see things in a in a much more beautiful and exciting light kind of this idea of just being like sure that could be a flower but think of all of the ways this flower could be <laughs> right right and um, I think there's something really healing about being able to use art to kind of retranslate the world you're taking in with your eyeballs. I really too love the way that you, you described it as like creating a home mm. for your art or for yourself. I think that that's such a, a beautiful sentiment. Like I, I love the term home buddy as someone mm -hmm. who just loves to be home anyways. Yeah. Um, but also just like art is another home for yes. me and it has kind of like sheltered me from a lot of things that's protected me from not to say that I'm not there to process my feelings but it's there to be the home for me to process or yeah. a safe place for me to process what I'm going through um, which obviously had a lot to do with my initial processing of grief for a while mm -hmm. um, I think it's evolved so much from that I think the home is so much more encompassing of so much more and this art journey has encompassed so much more yeah uh, but I love that idea and it's funny because if you scroll way way back to like the earlier days of my Instagram account you'll find like really interestingly weird creatures that I drew and I forget what I called them but they were like parts of this art world that I was creating at the time. I've long since abandoned it not because of any particular reason I just moved on to other concepts but mm -hmm. I've always had this like affinity for like creating creatures almost like my own Pokemon if like you will building. Yeah. yeah I've always liked creating my own creatures and animals and their own stories in an environment yeah. um and like if only I could show you if only I could have used these as one of the pictures for the podcast nothing is stopping I you I created Oh, I can't. I don't have the pictures anymore. I can. But, I will. Uh, everybody go look at Anne's Instagram and scroll way, way, No, way no, back. not those ones. Even older. <laughs> oh. Even older. Like, oh, we have to go way back to like, oh, I think no. this was even before high school. I think this was just <gasps> in like elementary school. I created Imimon. Oh my okay? God, stop. I love <laughs> Which it Which were like literally my own Pokemon and the, your this. own way to catch them all. I drew some for my friends once. One was like a blue dice with like sonic shoes oh my and that God. was one of them that I can describe for you but like I think I've always had an affinity for creating my own worlds my own characters in these worlds yeah. and just their own stories in it and I think that these little stopping points were all just a part of the home along the way so yeah I think there's sort of a I'm trying to think of a good way to explain this there's kind of like a feeling of confidence that comes from it of being able to sort of be your own home Yes. Um, which was something I struggled with for a really long time. Mm. I think there's a lot of control and a lot of um, sort of self-care that comes from being able to visualize and visually create 
your your own little world. Um, Oh, yes, absolutely. And it definitely changed the way that I saw, like, the real world in a positive way, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, yeah, like you said, kind of provided, like, a safety net and a safe place for processing and a a place that was that was mine and could mm-hmm. be exactly how it looked in my in my brain. Mm. That's a hundred percent it. I love that. I, I love that so much I that it's made, I suddenly feel extra inspired to continue <laughs> working on something. I do too actually. I'm kind of like, well I was gonna play Tears of the Kingdom after this, but maybe I'll draw instead. Maybe I'll draw. It takes oh so gosh. much to get me to draw instead of play Tears of the Kingdom these days. <laughs> Oh my god, I bet I understand that addiction. <laughs> uh, I have so many hours already. Oh, um, just, how do you stop yourself? I don't. <laughs> I don't, Anne. You just don't. Hey, you know what? Live your joy. Uh, okay? Live your joy. We only get a new Zelda game so often. Like I It's just, so true. And it's like a family affair now too. Like my like my aunt and my dad both also watch me play and they're so into oh it. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. I have so many projects that I need to finish. So I have like a big Zelda itch while I'm trying to do art and it's such a struggle. And the other night I was trying to ask Eric, I was just like, can you play Zelda for me so that I could still get my Zelda fix, you know, so that even if I wasn't playing, someone else was playing for me. You just have to, you just have to know, you have to. I needed it. Just my Zelda fix. (laughs) God. Uh, like a millennial calling card for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I feel exposed. Uh, I do too. I feel like I just personally attacked both of us. I'm so Whoopsies. sorry. Whoops. Whoops. It's very relatable of everything in this podcast. That will probably be <laughs> the most relatable yeah. part. <laughs> Somebody's going to be listening to this while they are playing Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I absolutely. bet you actual money. I bet you Calling you out right now. <laughs> I see you. Uh, um, this is a really good segue, actually, talking about art as a home, because I really want to talk about Tiny Town. <laughs> Can you, uh, in your own words, explain briefly what Tiny Town is? Yes. So for those unaware, I stream on Twitch. I do art primarily and the occasional video game, though it has been a while. Um, but on Sundays, every morning at 9 a.m., we start with Tiny Town. And Tiny Town is just like a uh, tiny town. <laughs> describe it but it's a place where if you as a viewer start to collect channel points just by watching you can redeem your channel points um in exchange i draw you a tiny house i give you affordable housing in the form of like a tiny colorful house you get to dictate what the base color is the rooftop color and the facial expression and i say this tentatively because i know that if there's anyone listening in tiny town present um it's gotten a little bit beyond that Now, (laughs) some people will sit there and they won't give me a base color or a rooftop color or a facial expression. They'll just give me a reference photo to a character or make a cafe order. And I suddenly turn that into a house. Um, But at its core, I deliver to you a tiny house in the town and the town has like four or five districts now we just hit over 400 houses oh my god that's insane Um, that's so many houses i've drawn over 400 houses it's crazy Uh, that's wild um but it's fun and it's a great way for all of us to kind of build on each other we also do like community events like 
um, will we put a river through one of the districts or we added a bakery to another one or we summoned a giant chicken. Um, uh, so Tiny Town is really just such a sweet place for you to have a house, but you can also plant flowers and trees and you can also commit tiny arson if you so oh, want yeah. to. You Is this allowed to be said on the podcast? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can commit tiny arson yes. and you can set somebody else's house on fire. Yep. <laughs> I have set many houses on fire in my time. Um, for legal like reasons, I mean in Tiny Town, which is a virtual right, world, right. Not, uh, not in real life. Yes, but, um, yes. not real houses. Not real please. houses, but uh, real in Anne's mind. Um, yes, real to uh, me. Yes, I think I think Tiny Town might be how I found yours, Twitch, maybe. 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 That was, oh, that it's feels so like funny. such a long time ago. It, it it does feel like such a long time ago. I it, saw a tweet uh, the other day that somebody was just like, they tagged me in it. And the tweet just said, it was Arcasian. And I was like, what? But it was linked to another tweet from like months ago where they were like, who was that streamer that draws the tiny houses for chat? I really loved that. Oh, my God. <laughs> then they refound me which was really funny oh my gosh that's wild because i think it yeah. was i think it was spring of 2021 that i started following you i know that's when i got oh my, my house my little tiny house forever ago i think that makes sense we were trying to trace the origins of tiny town mm -hmm. um in a recent stream as well and i think we got as far as june but june was when we had already con completed like a community challenge yeah so clearly tiny town was already still in motion for at least a month i, I would know say we were, prior I, to yeah that. i know mine is still mine was in the first district i don't think yeah. there were even districts yet i don't even think there had no. been like a community challenge <laughs> yet at that point first yeah, the first of the first. Oh, wild. Um, crazy. Tiny Town in, in its infancy when the houses were simple. I miss those days. I think there's like <laughs> a little um, tombstone outside mine. There is. <gasps> and you have a little skull puff of smoke coming out of the chimney. <gasps> that's right. That's yeah, that's favorite. your house. That's my favorite I remember. <laughs> I, <laughs> I forget who I was talking to the other day. I think it was I think it was James. And James was like, are you aware that you have a personal brand? And I was like, I don't I don't mean to, <laughs> but it brands just happen. I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you can't say I'm not consistent. Do you remember kind of what the idea, like where the idea for Tiny Town came from? I don't. I literally tried to remember on that stream when we were tracking down the origins mm -hmm. and I was trying to tell everyone, I was just like, y'all, honestly, I just remember starting streaming mm -hmm. in in the stream baby days being like, oh God, what do I do? How do, how do you <laughs> stream? How does someone be an art streamer? Oh yeah, and this wasn't really a thing yet. It like it was I kind been of, in but... so many other people's streams and stuff, and I was trying to figure out like really cool ways to interact with yeah. um, the chat because you know some people had really fun pop ups, some people had like really cool interactive things. I didn't have the time to figure out the technology behind those. I'm sure it's simple, but I just couldn't figure it out. It's and not. then <laughs> I was like. <laughs> And so I was just like, what can I do in exchange for um, channel points? What can I do that's fun and engaging for the chat to take a part of? And I don't know how it happened to me. I don't know how, like, I don't remember seeing anything that was just like, yeah, let's do a town. I just know that I personally was drawing houses because I just love the concept of drawing houses and I love drawing tiny houses. I just always yeah. have. 
And I thought, well, you know, what if I drew a tiny house for someone in exchange for some channel points? And then I thought, well, what if it's like a little town and they could also plant flowers? Or And then, honestly, Tiny Town was such a small idea in the beginning. And like, if I were to describe it for you now, a lot of the things that you can redeem now, like summoning a frog... Um, your bushes are actually like limbs for your house i don't know um whatever it is a lot of it actually were ideas from the chat itself i think mm. when i came out with tiny town as a skeleton idea it was really great people loved it people latched onto it but then the more people engaged with it the more it became our thing instead of my thing mm -hmm. um so well, I can say that the idea for Tiny Town was just a whim of me Googling things and nothing was working. Um, <laughs> like every time I Googled stuff, by the way, I would Google like engaging chat redemptions for channel points. And it would be like, play your video game blindfolded. Or, <laughs> play with the controller backwards. And I was like, I'm doing art, not playing a video game. <laughs> so it didn't quite line up. And I was just like, what can I do? So I thought... A drawing prompt, but something that was short and quick and easy for me to do on stream in a small time span to say thank you in exchange for their time. Because channel points, um, you earn them just by spending time in the stream. Mm -hmm. And you also earn them by, like, subscribing. You'll earn, like, an extra bonus, sticking around for raids. It's really community incentivized. Yeah. So to say thank you for, you know, spending the time being in my streams, I can give you a little doodle of a house. Like, I can do that for you. I can welcome you into Tiny Town with your own property. And I thought that was really nice. Um, and that's kind of where it happened. I wanted some sort of an exchange that felt really good as like a hopefully a good enough thank you to someone who is tuning in and watching. Um, and obviously it's grown so much from that first tiny house in tiny town. And now chat comes up with tons of things that we do. Chat comes up with new district ideas. Um, I can't do them all, but I try my <laughs> best to accommodate what I can. So it's, it's been pretty fun. <laughs> I, I think it's incredibly poignant and not surprising at all and i'm going to give you some i'm going to give you some really nice gossip now um, oh. whenever people talk about you they talk about how seen and loved you make people oh, no. feel in your twitch chat and i i i i've heard that from multiple people that's very much the impression that oh people, my god i can't handle i say these to me. i brought you here <laughs> to, <laughs> this is an attack uh, to give you an emotional breakdown in life um no, I, but I, I think that it's incredibly uh, funny and, and appropriate that, like, that's by far, in my opinion, like, what your Twitch is known for. And also, very literally, you are making people a home on <laughs> Twitch. And I think that's just very funny and lovely. Oh, my God. That's, oh, I can't. I'm so <laughs> bad at taking compliments. Yes, you are. I... And that's okay. Yep. That's totally fine. We both are. It's fine. We'll just oh. make each other even more uncomfortable as we go. Yes. I'm just sitting here. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. I'm oh, just yeah. like, Same. how do I say thank you in another nicer, better way? I don't know. <laughs> if if you figure it out, please let me know because yes, I need to know I too. Will. Um, yeah. But <laughs> just an observation. I think it's, oh, I think it's well, great. If I can take a moment just to say, hey, first of all, I can't believe you talk about me when I'm not around. Uh, <laughs> second of all, thank you for saying the nice things that you say. Um, I just, 
I, I see I'm doing it again. I, I don't even know how to say thank you. I was happening again. I just thank you. Just thank you so much well, I, because I appreciate it. I really do. It's really nice to get the feedback, you know, that like, hey, what you're doing is working. People are enjoying the stuff you're putting out. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Because sometimes I get really in my head about it. Oh, yeah. And I make up those voices that people like I, I pretend that people are actually saying terrible things about me because oh, I just easier. assume. It, it, it's so much easier to it's easier than it's, nobody likes you. Yeah, it's. I, I wish it wasn't so much easier, but it absolutely right. is. <laughs> yeah, and so honestly, thank you. Like sincerely, I do appreciate you attacking me, even though I am a puddle <laughs> and I don't know how to respond to it. Of course, literally any time. I think. I, I think like there's something incredibly vulnerable about streaming art. Um, yeah, because putting art out there in front of people is really hard, no matter what. Like, right. and I think at the end of the day, that's probably why I'm glad that I didn't do art in school, <laughs> because mm -hmm. I don't know that I was really ready for that then, um, or if anybody's ever like actually ready for it. I think I don't know if there's ever like, I yeah, I don't think there's ever a time where you are for some be. people, but um, but streaming is like a whole other level. <laughs> of yes. vulnerability and it's like uh it's it's really humbling and and kind of forces you to look at your art a different way sometimes for the better and sometimes for not totally true and i think that that's why you know i do always get nervous before a stream even now even though it's been a few years already i can't mm -hmm. i can't even believe i said those words been i've so been a few years. years oh my god it's been um like three years <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but it's it's so true, though, that like it is still a vulnerable place. I think what really helps um, build my confidence, though, to hit that go live button, though, is just the overwhelming generosity and kindness of the community. Mm. I wow. Like if I like there have been times where I will go live and I'm not feeling great, but I kind of still just want to hang out with yeah. like, you know, people in a space. and nobody pulls through quite like this community does if i'm to be totally honest like i have an like, incredible I, community honestly i love like, honestly. them so much like i i truly would not be here without each and every one of them including the ones that don't come out to the streams right that support me in other ways in every which way that anybody ever supports me like i am always flabbergasted i almost feel like i'm super cringe about it sometimes with how much i say thank you because it's like i say thank you all the goddamn time because i can't seem to stop because i'm just always so grateful to be here i, totally I feel very that. very lucky to have this opportunity to even be on this podcast like <laughs> for crying out loud like it's just wow people are showing up because they like my stories they like my art maybe they like me as a person too it's like so wild to me i'm getting really sweaty just like <laughs> i trying to say this but like, <laughs> truthfully the community really does make me feel seen you know it's interesting yeah. to hear that i make others feel seen, but they make me feel seen and they make me feel like i'm doing great and that I, the space that i've created for myself is worth continuing to stay in and to continue to let it live and to breathe life into it Can't like confirm. it really is just the best feeling and one of the most comforting even when i'm like the downest that i am on myself you know and those are the times are hard and i'll make up words on behalf of the community they'd hate this right i'd be like oh you all hate me and blah 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 but those are like my voices making up scenarios mm -hmm. in my head 
and they never seem to relent in reminding me that they actually do really care and that they are here and that they are present and that they're excited for whatever it is I'm doing. I can't, I can't be more thankful for something like that. I'm yeah. going to continue to be super cringy about being thankful for that because that's a totally bad thing God. to be cringy about. <laughs> it's just, I'm nothing but thankful for it all the time. I couldn't be doing this without them. You know, mm-hmm. that's just the truth. I think. Cause, and, and it doesn't like none of that like the response to your art doesn't surprise me because I think and some of this is me projecting because I, I do know your story and I do know why you kind of got back into art but there is something really healing about your art there's something very gentle about it and very um, kind of calming about it I think and it took me a while to feel like I could use art to process Mm -hmm. difficult things because I didn't want to make negative art. Mm -hmm. Like I was really scared of making art that just felt sad. (laughs) Yeah. And it took me such a long time to be like, did you know that you can also process difficult emotions through happy pictures? (laughs) And that sometimes Which feels like it's even so, better. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because it feels like you wouldn't be able to do that, but that's literally what I've been doing. Yeah, my whole art journey. Like yeah. it's not a like I think in my head when I was younger, and like I I thought that was kind of um, what's the right word? That felt kind of like I was pushing it down or something. Mm-hmm. And then once I actually started doing art, it was like no, I'm I'm kind of creating the place that I need to feel these Mm. things and process these things safely and that's different what I was actually doing wasn't just you know making happy art to see if it would make me more happy right it was because I was using it to create a space where I felt like I could relax yes and I very much get that same energy from your art um Again, that's, Thank you. that's me projecting, but I... I mean, also a massive compliment, and I truly thank you. I'm so glad that my art can be that for someone, you know? I, yeah, I, I have a feeling it's that for a lot of people, because it just does have that... Your art kind of feels like a hug. <laughs> that's all I ever need it to be. It's a hug for me. A lot of the time, it's a hug for me, yeah. so it's like if it can be a hug for someone else, too, I mean, that's a that's a double win for me so um I very much uh really I mean when I started my art account you know I didn't start it with the hopes that it was going to be a small business you know but like I definitely started it with like you know this idea of just like sharing joy even if I was sad at the time that I created something it was Mm. just kind of like again capturing the joy that my mom passed on to me and preserving it in some way and sharing it in another way and then it's like not every piece is like a sad piece you know or comes from a sad place in my heart don't get me wrong but that all my art in general comes from different parts of me no matter Mm. what it is at different stages of my life and at different points of exploration and I think that's the beautiful part about it and that's the core I really enjoy coming back to is just like I'm creating these pieces and these scenes and things because it feels right and like every artist ever there are times when it doesn't feel right when I feel stuck (laughs) in my art like it's not like it's 
always great even if it comes from your emotions or your life sometimes you can still create things that you just don't really like or aren't proud of or you let other judgments get in the way and i think that's just a normal part of the process the sucky part terrible yeah, part nobody absolutely. likes it <laughs> but you grow from it i think you do yes i think that it's very important to also go through those hurdles and to take breaks from like oh my god yeah. creative output and like you know for me digital art is my favorite like i'm not a traditional artist not that i couldn't do it it's just that my patience for it is like <laughs> shorter understand. yeah I understand. So, um like when i did that live painting once um at a local bar in kw it was exhilarating it was so much fun it was amazing but it was also so exhausting and it was just <laughs> a four by four canvas but it took me so long to do it like thank goodness i prepped like the colors and the projection ahead of time but man i was like tired after mm -hmm. that. and it's like with that something like that i couldn't just put it down you know i had to finish it then and there so i was also like stressed but it was really fun it was kind of like an art challenge in another way yeah. so i think taking a break from the digital to do something out of my comfort zone but it's still fun like i think it's a better way for me to still be creative while taking a break from the thing that I might be, you know, having a struggle. Like I'm currently struggling with digital art a little bit right now. So my outlet has currently been pottery and that has been healing in a different way. And I think that creativity doesn't necessarily just live in one pocket. Even if you've yourself a pigeonholed, feel like you've pigeonholed yourself into something. I oh, think yeah. I just want to tell and shake a lot of artists to be like, do something else. Go do that <laughs> other thing. Like, because it, it's not just drawing. It's not just painting. It's whatever it is that that lights the creative fire in you. I just want people to follow it. If it's music, if it's writing, whatever it is. If it's just mm. hanging out and chatting with someone, you know, like it's just explore all the different ways you can tell your story, I guess. Uh, yes. I love what you said about um, all of your pieces being a part of you mm. because I feel like we don't always talk enough about how certain emotions can coexist mm -hmm. and I think grief is an especially poignant one for that <laughs> like grief yeah. grief finds a way to coexist with literally every emotion under the planet oh my gosh like, it, like I talk about that all day oh, like grief will make friends <laughs> yes and, and I think oh. there's something to be said about that and I think there's something beautiful in that too is that mm -hmm. you know you don't necessarily need to be one thing and one thing only that you yeah. can be multiple different things at the same time. And is it confusing? Yes. But Always. it's also, <laughs> yeah, like, it's not like it's not confusing to be crying and also laughing sometimes. Yeah. But like, you know, I think that you, we, as humans, we're so complex and the emotions that we feel and the experiences that we go through are also so complex that so there's complex. no prescriptive way for us to feel about certain things. Mm. Um, and I think that processing is also different for everyone, right? Like some people need laughter in light of something dark to feel safe. Yep. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you yep. know? Like I think that that is something that somebody needs it may not be what I need or what you need but it's but someone out there needs something like that and I think that's perfectly fine yep. and that we should all be allowed to have these multifaceted approaches to things or approaches to how we process things because 
like you said, grief itself makes friends with everybody, you know, yep. every other emotion <laughs> under the sun. I can be angry and grieving. I can be happy and grieving. I can be, you know, I've been them all and grieving so yeah. far. So it's, it's a wild ride. I think that grief, I think, you know, and I, I think I'm remembering this from your episode with Marianne as well, where it was just kind of, you know, you feel like it has to be a certain way or that you're supposed to yeah. grieve a certain way. Yeah. And I resonated with that so hard because like, I didn't want to grieve a certain way, yeah. at least not after a while. I think at first, like I really needed to be sad and feel my feelings and cry. But then grief over the years has transformed itself in so many ways that I feel like I feel it, but I can also feel it amidst joy and I can also feel it amidst laughter. Yeah. And it's like it it is still all of the hard and heavy things that it can be, but it can also be something otherwise really beautiful for me now. Mm -hmm. Um I I treasure that a lot. I treasure allowing it to be something else entirely than what I think the connotations that people think it is or think you're supposed to grieve or it's kind of like you know you're an adult now you're not supposed to like cute things or whatever it's kind of like who put these rules here you know why yeah. do we need to live by these rules like we're not a mold to all be the same in um, yeah. well it's kind of like not yeah. to keep coming back to the house analogy but like I think adults are much better thought of as being built of all of the things that happened to mm. them um like you never stop being a child it's just a part of who you are now right like you never you never stop being all of right. the things that built you up until this point and they all just you know transform over time as they kind of get absorbed into this bigger <laughs> kind of picture yeah. of who you are this like bigger structure almost of a person but those parts of you never like disappear or go away they inform your experience as you are and grief yes. especially I think grief is is something that just for better or worse shapes everything and I love this home motif and I love that we keep coming back to it because I think it is such a great metaphor and yeah. everyone's home is also different, right? So yeah. like what's inside my house is not going to be the same as your house, but that's what makes our houses both mutually beautiful in their own way. Yeah. Um, and you know, what I need to make me feel safe will be different from what someone else needs to feel safe. And again, I think that's, there's beauty in that. I think that like, yeah how we share these experiences with each other too and how we kind of break free from this idea of like everyone's house should be you know the same house made out of ticky tacky whatever that theme song is <laughs> but it's like you know not every house is the same realistically because even if they look the same on the outside guaranteed on the inside someone's got a different idea for decorating yeah. so <laughs> it's i just really do value you know the idea of just people's homes being their own shelters and nobody dictating what that is for you <laughs> yeah and i it's also the idea of like art is such a good place to process that because you kind of create your own in that in that way you kind of mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of um power is not quite the right word but i think there is a lot of uh 
assertion and being able to visualize sort of what your safe home looks like, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether that's like in one image or across multiple images. Mm-hmm. Um, Damn, I'm feeling man, extra man. inspired. I know, Jesus right? Christ. Like I, oh God. Ooh. What I oh I wanted to on that same vein though I did want to I wanted to hear more about your OCs because I love them dearly <laughs> and <laughs> Ruka especially has just become like everything like <laughs> oh, what I'm so like, glad Ruka has just like like you have products now like you have small stuffies like you have pens and hot topic ma'am like it's pretty oh, awesome crazy I cannot stress to you what a wild and bizarre and fun experience it is to literally to a well just to a walk into a hot topic as a 32 year old millennial on its own <laughs> is a yes. really wild experience <laughs> yes i can agree um, that one. <laughs> uh lots of emotions there but um <laughs> But then also to walk up to like the little like like pin counter thing where they have like the bin and to look down and be like, oh, dear God, <laughs> I know that artist. I know that person. <laughs> and it is just, still surreal every time I hear it. Wild, Oof, wild. Oh, I don't even know how to start asking about these characters. So like yeah. Ruka is the big one. Ruka is everywhere. Yes. Was that intentional or did he just kind of happen to be on your brain when you were doing these things it wasn't intentional right away Mm -hmm. I drew this big purple bear and I'd written I don't know if I wrote it in the actual caption of the picture or if I wrote it off to the side of my notes somewhere but I created this bear um named Ruka whose whole ideal around him is that he protects people's dreams in his belly so that's God. his story. Is that like if you have a dream, he'll eat it, but he'll it he eats it in the intent to protect it. Um, and that's why he's so big because he's protecting a lot of dreams. And in obviously one to one, he's protecting my dream. So um, I'm gonna cry. I don't want to start crying. I'm sorry. <laughs> start crying. That's the best story behind an OC I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh my God. He became i guess i kind of gravitated towards that i mean it is my dream in his belly after all um and so i gravitated towards him and i just have this huge love for my own character just because he is the symbol that i've created to represent you know the things i hold dear in my life and he protects them for me so he was definitely just kind of became my mascot just I, i haven't even drawn him as much as i feel like i need to be um but I love him and hold him dearly, and I hope that everybody knows that. <laughs> I uh, I was so unprepared for that story. I have never heard Sorry. that story before, and I am just, yeah. like, emotionally having a moment. <laughs> he is A, a, just a cute purple bear, but B, he does have a story. I think I just, like, sometimes get a little embarrassed to kind of, like, say that out loud. Never be but... embarrassed of that story, because I cannot tell you how quickly I immediately wanted to consume any and all content related to this bear, based solely on that story alone. He has, like, if I, because I keep wanting to, like, develop, like, if I were to make an animated short of Ruka, what would he be like? And he would be, like, I don't imagine any of my characters talking, except for, like, Henry. I think Henry was a chatterbox. But, like, 
Ruka would just make like little whoop noises yeah. and he would like do little like pitter patters with his feet. Oh um, and he mostly would just, he kind of has like a Winnie the Pooh-esque, because I've also been hugely inspired by Winnie the Pooh, um, kind of like way about life where he just kind of enjoys the little things. Um, his rumbly and his tummy though are the dreams. So it's a little different that way. I just want to give him and you a hug. Uh who who else is on the who who else is is kind of in this little universe that you've made okay so second mascot of the brand is a little green frog with yellow cheeks and his name is henry i love him and he is a gay frog um and he also loves collecting rocks the story behind it is that like there were two so these tree frogs are born in these trees and then one was born where the sunrise hits them and then the other tree is where the sunset hits the tree and then the sunset frog is like introverted and like just like likes to be alone a lot of the time and just like really recharges back at his tree doesn't really explore not really curious to explore very much of a home buddy um but he has this little meadow that he likes to go to to cloud watch and then Henry is the sunrise frog who is super outgoing and adventurous and loves to go look for rocks for his rock garden or his rock collection. And he happens upon this meadow and he meets sunset frog. And then they share because they each have half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So one of them has peanut butter, the other has jelly. And then they come together and they have a picnic cloud watching together. And that's a little story that I wrote about Henry and his love. I want you to write every single story that I read with my eyeballs for the rest of my life. I didn't tell it as pretty prettily as I think I wrote it, though. If you're interested, oh, go no. look for I visualized the picture. It. Oh, good, good. If you look for the image of the frogs holding hands at the log, that's the story I wrote about. Technically, I didn't use Henry's name in this because um, I wrote them. I think the style of writing, I just felt like it was better to leave the names out. But Henry is just like a sweet, curious frog who loves rocks and that's so relatable too yeah he just i think he's very childlike you know Mm -hmm. so i think that that's just his the fun part about henry there is a third like main roster of a character now which his name is gaboon he is like a snow monkey but with like a noticeable pink butt Um, (laughs) if you know me yes i do put butts on things butts for days um and Gaboon was actually designed for Eric. So for my husband, Eric, um, I asked him, hey, give me some ideas of a character you like to create. I want to create a character for you in this universe. Um, so uh, it definitely felt like, you know, I was inviting someone outside to like, hey, let me make something for you here, too. And it like made the world feel bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaboon is just a cute little snow monkey. We literally just this weekend, we I asked him, hey, what does Gaboon like to eat? What are his favorite foods? And we've got bananas, grapes, and sweet potatoes. So <laughs> those motifs are now going to come up with Gaboon. Gaboon's favorite ice cream is Rocky Road, if you are curious. And he also loves you. taking hot baths. So it's just a new character. And, like, I think what's really fun is that, like, I get to share this character with, you know, my partner. And he gets to really he, – he's invested. He loves every time I create new Gaboon stuff for him now. Aww. And he'll be like – and so now this is a way for me to include Eric into my world too. And Eric helps to come up and craft the story all around this character because it's his, you know, yeah. and it's, I only do the art for him now. And I really love letting Gaboon be his thing. It's like, yeah. it's so fun. That's so um, special. So, 
Yeah, it's really, I, I think that these characters have become such a a beautiful part of my art now, and I'm really trying to lean into them. The three of them are like the main focal points, but I have like a couple others with names. Mm -hmm. They've been named, but they it takes me some time to get to bring them in. Like Tora the Angry Tiger was just really fun for a long time. He's just an, he's just an angry tiger. He's angry at everything, and part of part of it was like I wanted to make a plushie of something that was angry because I <laughs> wanted something to take the anger away from me so <laughs> it was like very selfish I mean a lot of the things I make are very selfish they're things that I want so I make them um, I mean, but like I just wanted an angry practical. character to take my anger you know yeah, so that's, I think that's incredibly relatable and practical thank you thank you <laughs> um, there's one that I'm bringing back called um, Papura uh, named that way because he is a puppy tempura or a tempura dog oh. um and he was a pin i think first and a phone grip for a while and i have been doodling a lot of papura because he's just like again i, I think this is another nod to like my inner child like plays with crayons is like aloof and also i love tempura so Sometimes food is also a huge motivator for my art. <laughs> you know? It's incredibly relatable, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. What, if you, if like money was no object, are there any oh. dream projects that you would just like love to do? Oh my God. Yeah. If money was no object, I can tell you right now, I'd open a shop slash cafe hybrid, primarily serving tea instead of coffee. We'd still serve probably some coffee because Eric is really into coffee and I think he could make some fancy drinks. But for me, I'd be specializing in some tea, tea lattes, bubble tea, you know, do this cool tea shop and art store. Um, probably call it Ruka's Cafe. Can I come work for you? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> if money was no object and I was not afraid of losing a restaurant business because I think they're really difficult. They are. I would love, I would love to own like, you know, a little cafe slash art shop. That's, I think that'd be really cute. That's such a lovely idea. That makes I mean, me happy. It's been a dream. What's... It's been a dream of mine forever, but I just, I'm too scared of the restaurant industry. I don't blame you, honestly. <laughs> it's terrifying and it takes a very long time to be profitable, but Yes. We're not talking about profits today. We're talking no. about money was no object. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the big dreams in Ruga's belly, and yes. that can that can be one of them. What it is lives your, in his belly? What is your boba order usually? Ooh, uh, I'm a I'm a pretty basic milk tea. I usually go for the classic milk tea. Sometimes I'll do the brown sugar milk tea. Mm -hmm. um, classic. But I usually, especially if it's a new place, I usually test the new place by trying their. Uh, their standard milk tea, like their most popular standard milk tea drink, because if you get that right, I'll come back and try something else. Fair so. enough. I think that's wise. That's a very practical way to approach trying a new tea shop. I just want to know, you know, what is your base level? How good is it? Yeah. And should I come back for all the fancy things that you yeah, do? Yeah, I think that's very fair. Like if you can do the basics really, really well, then chances yeah. are high that the rest of it will be pretty solid. Yes. I think that's a good yeah. rule of thumb for any tea or coffee place, to be honest. Yeah. I've also, though, been definitely whistling up the oolong milk tea alley, I will yep. say. Oolong milk teas with a little bit of grass jelly instead of tapioca has kind of been a new mini go-to. Yeah, so. they're pretty. Yeah, I'm a I'm an oolong fan myself. Yeah, I, I do I do like some oolong. I usually get um I usually also if it's like summertime white peach milk tea is 
where it's at. Mm, that's a great summer flavor, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, just like I'm really gonna be good. a bubble tea fan for an oolong time. Uh, <laughs> sorry, oh sorry. I'm gonna edit sorry, you right now. Regret. Instant regret. No, I. <laughs> I can't even respond to that. I don't even know what to do with that. Okay, we need to move on. We need to <laughs> I'm, I'm like cringe all over. Nope. Help. Nope. That was great. And that is that, that I'm so happy that you said that. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I heard it coming too. Like I, I, I felt that I felt your voice change and I was like, oh, there's a pun coming. Isn't there? And then oh, I, was, no. I like braced myself and it was everything I hoped it would be and more. I'm glad. I'm glad that I could at least prepare you somewhat. <laughs> Um, what does your art look like long-term? Like, what do you, what do you want to keep doing? Oh, you know, I've been struggling with this recently, I think because I have had some collab opportunities fall through, um, Mm. or a lot of rejections. I think I I put myself out there a lot. Like Mm. I really do try and I do put in the work to do it. Um, and you know, I, don't put myself out there assuming that people are going to want to work with me, but I think that rejection still hurts regardless. Yes. yes, it does. And what most unfortunate part about that is that I prepare myself by, you know, I'll toss an email out, get a rejection email. But before I get the rejection email, I'm like, hey, if it doesn't happen, it's okay. You tried. And that's the important part. And I like try to, you know, pump myself up that it's it's fine regardless. Mm-hmm. And then the rejection email comes in and then I'm just like, oh, why am I crying? Yep. Um, and it's oh, because... I totally get that. Yeah. And oh. it's like a double whammy because then I'm upset at myself for being upset. Yep. Um. So it's like now I'm upset at myself for being upset. Plus, I'm upset about the rejection. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just a puddle of misery. Oh, no. Um, this is so relatable. So it, it's not great. It's not, it's not my favorite. It's really not. Um, but, you know, I... I had always want, like, I think the the true desire of it is just, like, I want opportunities to get my art out there even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, part of the reason why I think I was letting myself hurt on myself is because I'm also forgetting why I do art in the first place. It is mm-hmm. not to do collabs. It is not to be in big box stores. It is not to do the grand grandiose thing. I think that's just a nice to have, right? Yeah. It would be nice if I could go full-time with art one day. It would be so nice if um, the art business could do so well that I don't have to work the nine to five anymore and that my art can be my 24 seven, you know, because let's be real. If I'm not working the nine to five, I'm also working on the business. Um, So it's like two full-time jobs, which isn't the healthiest thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be fair, I promise, I can absolutely promise I'm doing a much better job of taking care of myself. I am slowing down with the business. It kind of hurts a little bit to like feel that slowdown, but it's important for me to prioritize my health. Yes. Um, but in terms of like long term, what is our occasion? What is me as an artist? Where does my art go? Um, I, I for a long time, I thought it was, you know, to become this big brand or whatnot. But it's like, girl, that has never been why you started this in the first <laughs> place. And I think I allowed myself to get lost in like, you know, chasing these brand deals and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just steps along the way. I think my art in its future, no matter where it is, even if I stop the business, it's still just creating art to tell stories at the end of the day. I think that I still just, I love 
telling stories and I just want that to be the future. I want the future to just be me still telling stories, still creating art. And if life will let me, um, if Eric and I, you know, if we start a family soon, um, I'd love to expand it to like, you know, self-publish because again, I don't want to rely on a corporation to make my dreams come true. I might self-publish children's book or I might mm. create things for children too. I mean, all my stuff is for children now, but I definitely hone in to like, you know, to inner children. Yes. Then I, I do specifically children, children. So it's like, I think that like, it's just expanding it into newer places. Um I think that's what I'm seeing in the future. I kind of want to go back to talking about when you first picked art back up. Yeah. Um, where do you see her in your work? Like where, how did she inspire the style and like the subject matter that you have now? I think some pieces speak to her a lot more than others. Mm -hmm. Like some pieces are definitely made with her as the subject like mm -hmm. there's a series regarding waves and some written work that goes with it because um my memories of her have been changing over the years and so how i process them have also been changing mm -hmm. where oh, it was yeah. like the grief appeared to me as waves in these specific color tones um and then I think in the third part of that series, there were no waves that suddenly my memory of her was still water. And it was interesting that these visions would kind of come up for me as I was creating these pieces. And I think that she shows up in those pieces very prominently because it's the, the, it's the way that my grief kind of shows itself to me in a way. And then how do I translate that in my brain into how I create art now? Mm -hmm. Um, in one of my more recent pieces where I have a bear with a larger ghost bear, mm -hmm. um, that was just more so um, a really, it's when the grief kind of hit really hard again, but it was just like, I pictured sitting with her and it came out in the form of bears sitting together. Um, in more subtle ways, you know, sometimes like a ghost may appear in ways, sometimes it's just the color choice or the clouds or like this airy element or spiritual elements that I do place into some of my work too. I think that some of it is like that because I feel a spiritual tendency and maybe I'm not thinking of my mom specifically with a lot of these, but that I feel like there's just something else that needs to be present in an art piece. And mm. maybe that's like a form of other, maybe again, not my mom specifically, but just like an other presence mm. um, that kind of shows itself. Is what I is, is how I think she comes up. I think too, more specifically, um, when I create moon rabbit pieces or space rabbit pieces, hmm. those are one hundred percent with her in mind. She was born in the year of the rabbit. Um, when I think of a space rabbit, I think she's up there, you know, somewhere watching over me. And all of those pieces are also charity pieces. I do donate a portion of the proceeds to the hospital that housed her before she passed away, um, just in her memory. And I just keep making Space Rabbit merch to continue to let those live on forever and to continue to give back to the community in some way. You mentioned kind of like an other presence um, mm -hmm. that sometimes your art needs or that you you just kind of feel like adding it in. Do you know... Do you know kind of like what the what the other is that needs to be there or kind of like what the support that it gives is? 
I don't know if I've ever like sat down and thought about it as clearly. Um, and it's great to be asked about it now because like even the images that I've sent to you, <laughs> I'm looking at them being like, why did I add those little like bubbles or those little spirit bits in there? Mm -hmm. And I think that like there is just a part of I think that world where that other is just like, you know, I, I can't put my finger on it to be sure because I haven't really thought about it. But maybe it is just like this idea that, you know, my grandma, my mom, mm -hmm. my grandpa, like others that have supported me that are lost now. Um, I think that they they just I feel like they are in my world and they are still there and just not in like a fuller form that I'm used to. Yeah. Um, so I do think that like. I feel like my art needs those bits probably because I think that this world that I've built for my art needs that bit because I live with them. And so it feels like it comes out. I've never been asked this before. And so like talking about it now, I'm just sitting there going, oh my God, is this yeah. why I add these to things? Like, because I, I literally can go back to like, you know, one of these pieces I'm looking at it. I can clearly remember when I added those little spirit bubbles and it's like, girl why are you adding these to this piece like those don't <laughs> exist in real life but it's like but I felt I remember the feeling of my art like this piece needs something else in it it's mm -hmm. missing something and I've never put my thumb on or verbally said out loud what that thing is I don't know if I still can mm -hmm. but there, it's just something you know it's it's something that I don't know if I can explain all the way but yeah. sometimes the piece just needs it yeah I am crazy. This <laughs> I'm like I'm having like revelations about my own art, like as we have this conversation. Yeah. Oh man, we're going on a journey together, I guess. Um, yeah, we are going on a real journey together. I, uh, I I was literally talking to um one of my friends a few days ago about this like this weird sort of like. Coming back to the houses again, because I guess that's just the theme of this podcast now. Um, a few, so so I think it was last week. I um, went to. I had a I had a great aunt and a great uncle that both passed away um, in January, and I went to go photograph their house before it went on the market this week. And not for any particular reason. I think it was just to you know. I, I think two or three generations had lived in that house, um, and. My family just wanted pictures of it, basically, before it became someone else's mm -hmm. home. And um, I was just kind of, like, walking around, and all of their stuff was still there. And I found this, like, little pile of rocks. And oh. I started laughing because it's, like, it's like a it's like a trope in my family that every single person has like their cool rock collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so I, I rescued a few rocks from the from the collection and um was kind of talking to uh, there's a point to this, I promise. Um I was kind of talking to <laughs> a friend of mine about this idea of like haunted houses. Um because I've the way that my family talks about houses is very much like they are a member of the family, and I've always found that really interesting. Um, my like my grandmother has always like referred to houses as she, which I think is really oh. lovely. Um, I love this. I do too, and it's very much like a genetic thing. Like I think everybody in my family does it without realizing yeah. that they do it. Um, uh, I, I was kind of thinking of this idea of like 
a haunting can mean a lot of different things. And I think Mm -hmm. I don't always think of it as something as, I mean, sometimes I do. I love ghost motifs. I'm like I said, I'm nothing if not consistent, but (laughs) I love a good ghost, but um, no way you love ghosts. (laughs) What? (laughs) Shocking. I know the, the bombshell of this, of this reel of this podcast here. Um, But I think there's also this idea of a haunting in the way that somebody impacts you before they're no longer there. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of thinking of this idea of like a lot of things can kind of be a haunted house in that way. Um, Like I think, I think my art is a haunted house sometimes in that way because it is very much built of all of these stories that came before me and the ways that I still think about them. And the, the reason I thought about this was because of something very specific you said. You said they live with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a really much more succinct way of saying what I've been rambling about for five minutes now, which is oh just that they, they live with me. Like yeah. in that way, I think we kind of all are each a haunted house in a funny way. And, I love that. And my art is very much a reflection of that. It's... Mm-hmm. It's, but it's not a, it, I, I, at no point do I mean that to be like a necessarily spooky or, you know, dark or negative thing. I mean that as a positive thing um, that we kind of, I think it's more poetic. Things. Yeah. Like, I think it's more poetic than it is. Cause like, as someone who's grown up uh, terribly afraid of anything with the word haunting in it, cause I'm a scaredy cat and a baby, <laughs> but um you know, I do, and maybe because I was brave enough to watch, like, the haunting series that were on Netflix for a while. God, they're so and it's good. like, and they were so good. And I think the reason oh. why I could watch them is because of the stories I mean, behind them. the same them. person, Anne. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking, I was, right I was literally thinking of Haunting of Hill House while I was, like, Hilarious. explaining this whole story to you. No way. Well, God, we are the same person, are we? <laughs> Because it's like there's just something about the the telling of the story and what the haunting really is mm-hmm. in these stories that I think I just loved so much. Yeah, there were scary elements and I had nightmares about that neck lady for like <laughs> yeah. a few days. Same. But like um but the actual reason things were the way they were or how things haunt you and live with you, like it's Oh God, I don't know. I maybe this is like a weird thing to say, but I think that it is really beautiful, and I love the idea of being haunted. See, that sounds weird, yeah, but it like, doesn't though. Like, yeah, because there's something about it where yeah. it's like I am haunted by things, but I don't. I'm not afraid of those things that I'm haunted by. If that makes sense, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just this idea of things living with me in such a way that it is like, yeah, maybe those little the accents spirits whatever they are that i draw yeah those are part of my haunting yeah and i'm gonna go cry about that tonight so <laughs> i i just i don't know why i just like love this so much and this conversation just yeah. feels very like homey and peaceful to me because it's not like i don't know i think there's i think there's something very healing about coming to terms with the way that your Mm -hmm. metaphorical house is built out of your experiences and the people that came along through your life Mm -hmm. um for better or worse this is the house you live in either way yeah and yeah 
Um, oh, I love it. I love yeah. that there's been a motif and a theme because I feel like the theme is so strong. And I'm like, how did I not see this before? <laughs> you know, like I that's a lot of it now. I'm just like, I, I draw tiny houses. I've been drawing them my whole life. I made little tiny home buddy stickers and I have an affinity for it. And it's like, I, I call my Discord server the Home Buddy Club. Like, oh, I didn't I've even think had, about that. Yeah, I've had this motif, I think, in my life for so long. And like, literally pointing fingers at it now, I'm just like, wow, how did you not recognize this? <laughs> It's just like, uh, I I don't know. I think there's just, humans Olivia. are lovely. Humans are <laughs> just so nice. <laughs> oh, I, feel I just like, feel uh, blessed right now. Same. So, well, not to like take this in an even more emotional level, Um, <laughs> but the one, the question that I had left and that I, I, I love wrapping up on this question because I think it's a really mm -hmm. good question is how do you want people to feel when they see your art? Oh my God, is it cheesy for me to now, after coming to so many conclusions, I feel like, was this a therapy session? Like, Might have been. Um, That's how I feel. Yeah, I do think that what I really want, and you know what, truly what I've always wanted without all of these words is to say that I want my art to feel like a little part of home for mm. someone. You know, I think that truly is it. I, I, I feel like I've been asked a similar question to this before where it's like, you know, what do you want your art to do for others? And I, I think I've always said I want it to be a place where people can rest. I want it to be a, mm -hmm. a place where people can find joy in an otherwise like busy lifestyle where everything is go, go, go. I want to be the rose you stop and sniff at, you know, um, but, you know, truthfully, that resting place is a home is a small home and you can use that however you like whenever you need to look back on it however you'd like to i want my art to be that for you if it can be um i've always wanted that i think that i've always wanted my art to just be something that someone can hold on to if they need to i have never felt so much more emotions than when somebody <laughs> reply like leaves a comment under my art to be like i really needed this today because oh, like man. damn i didn't even know i was going to affect someone that way but you know what god damn i'm so glad it did yeah. like i'm so honored that my art could could lift you from a place that otherwise you were not doing so well in you know um that that is truly if there was one thing i could really wish my art to do that's it that's it I'm just so happy that I got to talk to you today. I'm also so happy like, that I could have uh, therapy session. What an amazing way to end the day. Oh, my God. Uh, I've learned so much. I believe they call these breakthrough moments. We had a therapy session on my stream once. It was so funny um, about why I draw frogs so much. And this is like another breakthrough. I session. love it. Wow. Well, okay. Um, so Anne, where can where can people find you? Oh my gosh. If you're looking for me, I am available on Instagram at Arcasian with two underscores because I can't claim it without them. <laughs> um but uh, everywhere else it is just at Arcasian. Um uh, my website is arcasian.com or if you're in the EU or the UK, you can shop my stuff um at, at arcasian.etsy.com. And I'm also on Twitch at Arcasian. And TikTok, but I don't post on there as much. I shouldn't have said that. I'm also on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Leanne, thank you but, so yeah. much for being here. I appreciate thank you, you so, so much, much for having me. Of Ellie, course. you are a beautiful, small part of home for me, too. And I want <laughs> you to know that. Oh, God. <laughs> ah, not okay. Mm-hmm.